Welcome to Weird Games and Weirder People, a podcast about role-playing games and the weird, wonderful people behind them. Hello, weirdos! This is Diogo Nogueira, and welcome to Weird Games and Weirder People, a podcast where I get to talk to the weird, wonderful creators behind role-playing games. And today I have a special guest, a friend of mine who I've worked with since I started doing RPG things, uh, Jared Crater. He's an editor, he's a publisher, he's one of the founders of Space Penguin Inc. Uh, he has worked with me, with Exalted Funeral, with Tuesday Night Game, with Melsonian Art, and a lot of the great RPG stuff we love. Uh, has a finger of him in there. Uh, he's been working on a board game called Kill the Wizard for two years. And he talks about how he's always focused on the present, what he's doing right now, and he tends to forget the stuff that he made in the past, uh, how he's excited to be the first person to read a book, read a new great creation from one of the authors he's editing, how Space Penguin begin uh, with a similar motto as this show, kind of weird games by weird people, uh, how he was raised in a haunted house, how the weird causes discomfort, uh, we talked about his routine, his creative routine, how he was influenced by comic editors, how he was influenced also by uh, the manager of the Liverpool football or soccer team, as you might want to call it, and how he sees God in art and in work. So it was a great chat. Uh, I learned so much. Uh, Jared knows a lot of things and has worked with a lot of projects and has a lot of wisdom to share. So I hope you listen to it, you enjoy it, and let's get weird with Jared Crater. Hello, weirdos. Welcome to Weird Games and Weird People. And today we have a very special guest, uh, Jared Crater. Uh, Crater, how are you, my friend? Uh, we haven't spoken for a long time. I'm doing good. Um, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, it's good to catch up with you. Um, just yeah. been super, super busy, um, both of us, just yeah. constantly. It never ends in the world of RPG creation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I probably we, we couldn't leave if we, if we wanted to, but I, I don't think we do. But, but Jared, uh, mm. for people that are at home, don't really know exactly who you are like we're, we've known for a long time you were one of the first persons i i worked with and i got to know through to dcc um really i consider you a really good friend and 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 i love meeting you at cons but who for people that are at home and i wanted to hear from you like who is jared crater uh what do you do and if you can share a small detail about yourself, some some something weird that you do, or or how do you dress, or how do you do your coffee, if you can. Awesome. Um, thanks. My name is Jared Crater, and I uh, am owner of Space Penguin Inc., which is a small press RPG publisher. Uh, we've been uh, alive and thriving for about a year. We've been active selling books and making products and games and stuff uh for we've our store went live in july um so we're just we've just finished our first quarter um but prior to that um as you said um i have been in and around um role-playing games uh, working in them for 
for almost 10 years, um, going all the way back to doing some early proofreading on expanded petty gods and then um, eventually rolling that into the experiences there and into um, doing a lot of editing. And by a lot of editing, I mean a lot of editing. Um, I yeah. haven't totaled it up in about four months. Um, but last I checked, I my name was credited in right at 500 or right over 500 um, either print or digital uh, books, pamphlets, um, zines, uh, hard covers. Uh, um, I, I got my name in a couple of board games here and there. Um, so um, yeah, uh, I do a, a lot of editorial. I do a little bit of writing. I've even done some art poorly. Um, mm -hmm. I've done some layout uh, here and there. Um, I know just enough to uh, uh, to not break things. Well, I mean, I can break things in layout, but I choose not to. Um, yeah, um, I've worked for Melsonian Arts Council. I worked there for many years. Uh, Tuesday Night Games, I'm the editor-in-chief on the Mothership line. And I was project manager for Exalted Funeral for a couple of years uh, before I left there last year and started Space Penguin. So um, I have also edited a bunch of stuff for you. Um, let's see, um, the re-release of Sharp Swords and Sinister Spells, um, Solar Blades and Cosmic Spells, um the egyptian situation from is it out of outer time it's, i always want to yeah. call it outer time okay yeah got it right um and then the um the the dead are coming and the other two and the and the those i love those are those things are great um uh, didn't we won an any award together for um uh the blood king didn't we oh yeah yes yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. i know i forget these things sometimes i was like oh yeah we won that award <laughs> um and um yeah and then uh what makes me weird uh well uh one of the weird things is too is i, I forget stuff like how mm, some with working on so many projects i forget some of the things i've worked on and some of the things um that i do that i do and then someone's like oh yeah what well, does anybody know anything about this book and i was like yeah i edited that a long time ago i, I forgot um, and then I guess um, it's not really weird, but um, I, I get, okay, it is kind of weird. When I started in working regularly in role playing games with Melsonian Arts Council, um, they're British, uh, you know, e English. Uh, and I had this idea that everybody in England was a big fan of football, soccer. And uh, I'm a big fan uh, and supporter of Liverpool Football Club. Uh, I love that team. And I just figured that everybody automatically did. And then come to find out that, nope, a lot, most people like in other places, most people who play and make games and RPG stuff, they could give just no care at all yeah. about sports. So yeah, Geeks are geeks anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, like in Brazil, everybody likes the beach and everybody likes soccer. And I, nope. And you're like, nope, jam. I don't like to go outside, right? Yeah. Well, I, I like to go outside. I like, I like forests. I like mountains. I like rivers. Mm. I like Just the not beach. the beach. Yeah, yeah. Too much Same. sand, too much people. Mm. 
you know mm-hmm. it's kind of same stuff. i live i live in florida and i don't like i don't i begrudgingly go a couple of times a year yeah <laughs> uh, when uh family comes in and stuff like that exactly. but for the most part i mean i'm literally a 20 minute drive from wow. beautiful yeah. beautiful beaches and i'm just like no oh, i got work to do yeah so. yeah i mean yeah they like music like ipanema all this these famous beaches are like right nearby i just go there and like oh the kid wants to go to the beach so let's let's get the kid yeah. or like the family or something like this yeah you said like you forget all the stuff that you did and i'm always like this too like i oh how many games you did and like i don't know <laughs> look for something like drive it to jogo no gate and see what's there like and and then because i uh, i think as artists we're always interested in what we are doing right now like yeah of course we did all this stuff i love all the stuff that i did and and i, I want to go back and like think with them and make more stuff for sure, for all yeah. those games but I don't know. I think it's natural for everybody that has this artistic band that wants to create something to make stuff. Uh, they always really into what they're into now in the present, like what we're doing now. Like let's, that's the stuff, right? Are you, are you like yep. this? Like you're always having something new. And for me, that's uh, difficult to have too, because I'm working on something. I want to develop, develop Primal Quest, for example. But I, I get these glimpses of inspiration. I, I want to work on something like right now. I want this, this mm-hmm. other game right now, but I can't. I have to finish this. Does, That's, does this happen to you too? Oh, yeah. That is, a, that is a thing. So I have a board game that I've been working on called Kill the Wizard. Uh, for It's approaching its second birthday in development hell. Um, and I mean, we've even, I've even had, um, intense, like weekend long sessions with, uh, Andrew Ballury and David Hoskins that actually come down and we've actually pounded all this work out and played and played and played and played and played it and broke it and fixed it and broke it and fixed it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's one of those things it's, it's going to get done, but I have other things, you know, in, in front of me, um, you know, just it's it's and it's not necessarily the paid work that is important to me it's the it's to me it's yeah money's great and i like it and that's awesome but for me it's the joy of being the first person who gets to read manuscripts or one of the first people um that is the best part about my job and the work i do um sean richard orbital intelligence he does you know like crap land and terror the stratus fiend and all that stuff, and all those um yeah. i've lucky i've worked with sean for several years and have edited the majority of his output and that guy is vociferous he will just just put out a book you know much like yourself he just like here's the thing it's ready edit it go let's go um wow. and right now i'm working on working my way through uh, what's going to end up being a 400 page a4 like dcc mega dungeon wow. uh, um and it's one of the best parts about that is being the first person to read it and go through it and see all of his brain splat on the table um but wow. my thing is it's like i have to finish that before i go on to the next really large project i usually keep like one cooking and then a couple of smaller and by small in 10 to 15,000 words, maybe 20,000 words, manuscripts. 
but with Sean's, it's like 115,000 words. It's going to be a big book. It's it's going to be like as big as the DCC core book, I think. Uh, we're we're so yeah. excited. Yeah, that's, so, that's that's big. Yeah. Wow. I was going to ask exactly that. Like, if you do, if you have one main project and you work on smaller things, because sometimes you get tired or like burned out of mm -hmm. or something you're concentrating on. But as you said, like, or working on smaller project, and then that's something that that I do too. And and I have these big projects like in the waiting. I hire people to do the arts for the cover, and I have it there just as a reminder that oh, I have to come back to this eventually. Yeah, Jared. and oh, go ahead. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. No, 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 I was as you say, and as I've gotten older, like I said, I'm, I'm hitting my tenth year um, in the in the business side of things, uh, not and not just as a fan or a purchaser or a collector. Um, I have realized that my ADHD kind of does this thing where it, you know, it a lot, and a lot of folks have it who work in the scene. I work yeah. with a lot of folks who do. And it's, it's tough because you're like, ooh, shiny, ooh, shiny. And you see this new thing. And especially in the field that we work in, you have all these, I mean, yeah. it, there's always a new, there's always an artist posting up something beautiful and new every day. And you just want to spend time like looking at that and thinking about that and creating for that. And one of the things I've really worked on um, in the past year since owning my own company is compartmentalizing my days is... This morning, I get up and I do 20 pages on one book, and then I take a break and I do administrative business tasks, accounting, yay, yay. you know, stuff like that in the afternoon, pay some bills, invoice some people for some money that's coming in. Um, and then, you know, I mean, I do get to hang out with my friends like this and, and talk about stuff. Um, and then I'll go back to doing some more stuff today. But yeah, I, one of the biggest things is like, I've, I've learned to chunk those bigger things out and in pieces here and there and then not like override myself and because it's really easy to go a couple of days with getting very little sleep yeah and, you know i mean we're making games it's fun <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, i'm actually working on this like to go to sleep earlier and maybe if i wake up earlier i i, I work before everybody because i would stay late because my wife would go to sleep my kid would go to sleep and then i'll have all this time for myself and then i would be able to work more uh but then i figure out maybe i need to sleep earlier and then wake up earlier to do uh this kind of stuff because <clears throat> yeah we creatives need 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 rest right because oh, we yeah. get excited we get pulled into this and i was sleeping like every day about 2 a.m and and waking up about 8 a.m or Ooh. sometimes earlier and yeah I would sometimes I would just watch TV in the afternoon and just start, you know, closing my mm -hmm. eyes and fall asleep. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I, I have to fight off taking naps these days because if I take a nap, then I'll be awake all night. And yeah, I've uh I've become an, an old old man in the last couple yeah. of years since we relocated. And um it's uh it's fine. Now, you know, now I wake up uh, at a reasonable time and I get to bed at a reasonable time. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, getting old isn't so bad. Like we have this more sleep, but we 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 get wisdom in exchange too. So it's, it's do a nice we though? Do we though? Well, I mean, we're <laughs> we're making those choices, so I may I think There that's is, yeah. that's wisdom. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, Jared, uh, I like to ask guests that come here uh, about how they define weird for themselves and, and how do they seek it in their work and in their life in general? Uh, could you do that? How would you define the weird for you? Yeah. Um, so for us, because I mean, the, you know, weird games for weird people is kind of, uh, or by weird people is kind of one of our taglines for Space Penguin too. Um, that was oh, yeah. still being, it's still, we're still, we're still working shot, workshopping our brand identity. It's, it's our first year, you know, we're, we're still kind of dialing all of that stuff in. Um, but I think weird for me is the fact that it's so difficult that I to explain what I do and people are like well what, what do you do and you know for a long time it was well I edit tabletop role-playing games and I wouldn't even put the role play I'd, I'd say I, I edit role-playing games and they're like oh video games and I'm like no more like you sit down and we make believe and then they were like huh and then you know you <laughs> use the the keyword you know you say Dungeons and Dragons and a lot of people know it and a lot of people don't but um it's more people tend to these days since when we were kids and stuff but um it's for me the weird is my weird is not being able to quite explain what I do uh because I do I mean you know how it is when you're running your own business and just doing all this stuff for yourself you wear so many hats and you have so many different Uh, things and abilities and people are like yeah but what do you do and I was like I, I don't really know and yeah, I think that's I, what I, makes it yeah. go ahead I still have a hard time explaining what I am an artist am I a game designer because I say game designer as you said people say oh you make video games no yeah. I make books yeah. oh so you're a writer but kind <laughs> you know mm -hmm. yeah that's yeah that's a hard thing um and it's then weird. Like, Well, and then me for myself, like I'm a big fan of weird fiction and eerie fiction and stuff like that, like that kind of unsettlingness, like, you know, the bits that just kind of crawl at the edge of your vision and stuff like that. Um, you know, we were talking about sleep and I uh, still occasionally will get a night terror here and there. And I think that's kind of what drives me on that, that the unknown, the, 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 just yeah like you said the weird the the unsettling bits um true story my brothers and I when we were kids um my mother was in the navy and uh we stayed with my grandparents uh we were raised by them for a couple of years while my mom was doing her service time and my grandparents house was haunted and nobody you know most people are just like yeah no 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 skeptics and I get it and I get it but The three of us have had separately separate recollections that we shared independently with other people, um, and those experiences uh, in that house were—I um, don't know if you've seen the film *Skinnerink*. Um, no. It's a recent, like, last couple of years, like eerie, super low-budget mumblecore. Uh, it's, it's pretty creepy, but um, yeah, *Skinnerink*. Uh, very very reminiscent of the just not the actual situations in that film but it, when i saw the trailer for that i was like oh yeah we had that phone that little toy phone <laughs> uh we you know like that's that sort of stuff where you know things like come out of closets and certain rooms are just like 
extremely cold and things like that. And that's kind of always stuck with me uh, since we were, since I was a kid. Uh, there's just that part of my rational brain is like, yeah, there's no such thing as ghosts. There's not vampires, all that shit. But part of me, the rest of me really, really, really wants it. And so I think doing, I, I translate that and transfer that to what, to the work that I do um, and really try to make things neat and new and unsettling, you know, to, to go back to the Sean Richard thing that I, I'm, I'm working on. Uh, and then even like there, uh, there's a new Luke Gearing book that we're actually working on right now and just the joy of essentially turning the corner in a dungeon and then there's this stuff that shouldn't be there you know you're in this dungeon underneath this building or out in this in the desert or whatever it is you know and yeah you know up to this point like the caves have been pretty quiet and all you know and all that stuff and then you turn the corner and there's this and i'm not going to share what it is you know redacted but it's like i'm just like wow that's exactly it and so part not even one my, example like one yeah, example right. well in in um in in uh the in sean's in the big book which is cycle of the snake wolf three it has a really 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 long name that i don't want to do want to mess up um okay. but um it's cycle of the snake wolf three um it kind of takes place in his universe um of the stratos fiend which sometimes are these like seven foot tall cyclopses with t-rex arms and things like that uh it's really really weird 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 <laughs> stuff um yeah. and so a lot of that stuff um and then he he made a part of one of the dungeons is this liminal space where it's just a room and there's just stacks and stacks and stacks of empty pizza boxes from one pizza plate you know and stuff like that and that's the kind of stuff they see you got you it, you're like oh yeah okay that's the kind of weird stuff you would not expect to see in a dungeon i mean it's a modern era dungeon you know with with weird yeah. like sci-fi like alien abduction type stuff going on um but that's the sort of stuff that when i get a kick out of that when writers do that and then when i can help them massage that text to make it even weirder you know and even more yeah. unsettling you know so um yeah i don't know that's uh that's kind of the weird for me that's great yeah the weird uh being this this thing that makes us say, oh shit, what, what is this? Right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Great. And, and as you said, you work, uh, you, you add, you proofread, you, you write stuff too. you make art, you make layouts. Uh, do you see yourself as an artist? And, and, and if you do, do you have any, any like ritual for when you are going to do your art? Like, uh, do you have any, any invocation of the moods wear any mm -hmm. funny hats or, always make some coffee or, or listen to some music when you mm -hmm. go do your uh, art? Yeah, um, I do consider what I I do art. I do consider role-playing games and, and, the, and the design and the development and the creating and the writing of these books uh, and, you know, all of these things um, as art. Uh, it's, it's, it's really... It's really hard for me because I take a lot of pride in what we do and... and, and Uh, you know, like it, it's it's disheartening when uh, when people don't get it. If that makes sense, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. When you when you put the, yeah. the book out and someone's like, 
and someone's understanding or comprehension is different than what the i guess the intention kind of you know it was behind yeah. it not necessarily the use because folks can use these whatever whatever way but when you're like this is mostly with mechanics but when you know you put something in there and you are pretty sure that you've clearly spelled out the your intention and someone doesn't get it you're just like ah and part of you part of me is like okay it's art it's fine but then part of me is just like uh try better next time so yeah uh i i definitely feel like what we do you know and i think aside from visual artists um, because i'm not practiced in that as much as i would like to be i practice in other realms but i do consider i mean i surround myself with you know with a lot of my good friends are visual artists and it's that daily practice of getting up and doing every single thing and i think that that lets us fall into that camp definitely um and as far as like what my ritual is uh so my morning usually starts i don't wake up with an alarm it's great i just kind of wake up uh and it's consistently around 6 45 in the morning uh local time and um i wake up and usually before i even get out of bed i'm checking messages because i'm a naughty boy and i shouldn't do that i should yeah. get up and eat breakfast and coffee and all that but um i'm still stuck in that uh, i'm always on mode at least in the mornings i don't do it as much at night uh these days it's hard that's a that's a bit of practice yeah. too that we have my, to get used to my trick is i put my phone charging like in another room than i sleep so i wake up and I'm going oh. to the bathroom, drink something, then I'll get my phone after because it's it's not near me, so I have yeah. to look for it. So my, maybe my, that helps. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. My my halfway point to that is I usually don't respond to any messages until I've until I've been awake for an hour or more. Um unless it's just somebody being like, Hey, did you see this? And be like, Oh yeah, cool. I'll get that to, you know, today, something like that. But if, uh, if yeah. I have to argue with someone on the internet, then I'm just like, ah, which I don't do a whole lot oh, of anyway. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I usually, you know, I wake up, I check messages. Um, I feed the cats, um, because I am the food bringer, uh, and the cats, uh, we just have, we have it. That is our ritual is, uh, I'm usually, up and over next door um, and feeding them at seven. Um, Then I start the coffee, um, do some coffee. And surprisingly, I listen to a lot, well, not surprisingly, but um, I listen to a lot of uh, loud music, but um, these days I've been on a real big jazz kick. I went through Miles Davis um, original quintet, like the entire, uh, the steaming, cooking, and all those records last week. Um, this week is Thelonious Monk. Um, next mm-hmm. week uh, will probably be Coltrane. Um, I find that having music when I definitely when I'm in the getting in the zone uh, uh, editing, I like to have on jazz, like not really an obnoxious level, like not ear splitting. It's jazz. You don't need to get it that loud. Um, but, uh, definitely bop and hard bop, that stuff that really moves, that really cooks, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, that stuff really helps me keep on a pace and keep on a rhythm. Um, I used to do, I used to do all of my editing, uh, with the headphones on 
and listening to really, 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 really loud metal. And then I just, I anything with, with a, with a vocalist, any, any sort of lyrics and in, in anybody singing completely pulls me out of the trance of actually yeah. working. So yeah, these days, uh, these days it's a lot, a lot of jazz, um, which is good because I got a pretty full plate right now for a lot of projects and, you know, going into the end of the year, you know, getting a bunch of these things kind of sorted out and, and, and cooked off and good to go. So yeah, definitely, definitely listen to a lot of that. And then what else? Um, oh, the other big important thing that I do and, and pro tip for anybody listening is, um, get out of bed and take a shower and treat freelance work. Like it's a job, like get out of bed, shower, put on clothes, put on shoes, you know, even if we're, we're in this video era where, you know, folks can't tell if we're wearing, you know, trousers or <laughs> not. I'm actually not, wearing, yeah. I'm wearing shorts today, but you know, cause I was doing some outside stuff earlier, but, um, always put on your shoes. Um, I found that if I put on my shoes, it makes me feel like even if I'm not leaving the house directly to go out and go to a job site or anything like that. Um, it's always super helpful to me to just have my shoes on because it makes me feel like oh okay cool you know i'm going to work i worked in bars and restaurants uh bartending serving managing for 30 years and there was always just a part of the day was get up get showered put on your shoes and and go to work and i found that if i stick to that then i actually can focus a little bit longer plus there's nothing quite as relaxing as taking your shoes off even if you haven't done a lot of stuff on your feet all day, it is still nice to be able to take yeah. your kick your shoes off, you know. It's true. I've I've heard this this tip before. Uh there is a book I was reading called uh The War of Art, uh, which is about uh overcoming procrastination and mm -hmm. things that uh, keep you from doing the work you want to do, uh, which the author calls the resistance. And he, he he talks about this like treat treat your art with things you want to do as as a day job like have a time for it take a shower like put like work clothes and sit down and, and like do your time and 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 he talks about how he he goes like he's a writer he sits down oh he has three hours to write today he's gonna stay there no matter if he writes or not he doesn't have an idea mm -hmm. he just like treats it as a as a job I haven't been able to do that. But I'm 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 developing some of the techniques uh, he teaches there. Like I I have this invocation of the muse, which is actually a, a song, a punk rock song that I sing when I before I go to work, and Very and I nice. listen to music too. Yeah, I listen to lo-fi uh, music mm -hmm. for like creativity and stuff like this. I I actually subscribe to Brain FM uh, because another artist uh, I like a lot recommended it. And you can set it for like creativity or repetition work, like you're doing numbers, just number or something mm -hmm. like this, mm -hmm. then like different configurations. And then it's said that works on your brewing waves and stuff. It's 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 been helping me. I mean, when I'm trying to read in a in an out place, like I'm in the in the subway, if I put the the phone zone and put the reading uh, soundtracks, it it helps me concentrate and stuff. So um, it's been what helping the, because I had the, the same problem. It's brain.fm. 
and you have for creativity, for like deep work, uh, for sleep, for relaxing, and you can choose which kind of sounds you want. You want lo-fi, you want jazz, you want nature, uh, acoustic, and it's all made by humans. No AI stuff. Nice, nice, so. <laughs> good, good, yeah, good, good. Hell yeah, I'm yeah. bookmarking that. And then what was the name of that book? I'm always interested in. Oh yeah, The War of Art uh, by Sid Pressfield. Yeah, and it has another one that it's called "Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be." It's basically the same thing, but it's it's about like doing. Oh, you, is that what you want to do? So like treat it as as, as your job. You really put your ass there. Like, yeah, dedication and stuff like this. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of that a lot of that that dedication that aspect. Um, I picked up from Doug Kovacs from you know when i visit him uh, and go hang out in his house like you know, his workspace is great it's a you know like it's, it's it's you know i can see your workspace you can see my workspace and you know we're not we're not constantly visual artists where we have a paint supply yeah. but his house is it's literally an artist working studio and then it's great because there there will be like <clears throat> paintings that he works on year to year to year and there are some of them that i have seen over the last like eight years that wow. he's still working on and he'll just he he tells wow. me he, like down a little bit of a, he, a piece of it and then he does you know maybe it's it's on one of the smaller easels for a month or so and then he'll eventually you know he'll work on it a little bit and then he'll put it back up but his trick is to to not ever put anything completely away until it's done you know, and then, I mean, that's the other thing too, I guess it's harder for visual artists because they're never going to feel like it's done. And it's probably harder with writers. Whereas with an editor, with editorial, a lot of it, like, uh, it's a little bit easier for me to put a, an end time on things, you know, because there's the developmental pass and then there's some line editing and then there's some copy editing and then there's proofreading usually. Um, yeah. Are there books that I wish I could go back and edit now? Well, yeah, of course, because I've improved my process and I've and, and I improved yeah, the way yeah. I think about words. So I guess that's kind of like that. You know, I I'm never quite done with a thing, um, but yeah, that it's just that it's that same thing. It's just like get up every day and 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 work. You know, like when yeah. folks folks use the word talent a lot. And I'm not a big fan of the word talent because most people think it's this innate magical thing that folks are just yeah. born with and they can do this. And it's, that's not the case. Like it, it, you have to polish your skills. You have to yeah. work on it. You know, me with accounting, yeah. I'm learning all kinds of stuff with accounting. Is it enjoyable and fun? No. Do I spend an hour on it each day? Yeah. Because yeah. I need to learn and I need to read and I need to figure out how this information impacts this information and stuff like that. If I want to get better at the business part of making games and running a company so that when all those systems are up and running and everything's good, then I can spend more time doing what for me is fun, which is editing 115,000 word books, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. For sure. And, 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 for me, talent it would be only five percent, and I would say it's more about being passionate about the thing you want to do. Like, you really mm-hmm. want to do this? If you really want to do this, you have to put time on it. Like, I can't say I, 
because I was having like this burnout. I wasn't able to even answer emails or write anything. And I always think, oh, but I love doing games. But if I love doing this, why am I not doing it? If that's what I love, that's what I want to do. Why am I not spending, uh, like putting my ass on the chair where my heart wants yeah. to be? Yeah. So I think that's 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 what I, it's, sometimes it's hard because life takes you every place. And, and what I like to do is like play a game f- with myself uh, that I learned from Jerry Seinfeld. He talks about his creative method, which is basically get a, a wall calendar, like you can see the whole year. And every day that you manage to work on your art, ma- make an X on that day and see how many days you can you can keep that warm growing. And that's that's the game. Oh, I made 50 days. Next time I'll try to do more and, and things like this, you know. So I think nice. that helps me, you know. I, I, I see that the, the end of the day is coming up and then I haven't crossed it yet. So I, I try to figure out a time so I can see that I can spend at least 30 minutes or an hour working on mm-hmm. something. So I can say, oh, I managed to do it. And then go there and cross my day and say, oh, yes. I cross it another day, you know. So I think wow. there is there is tools to help you 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 put that dedication on and and, and techniques because yeah, I mean you 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 talked about AD, ADHD. I have anxiety and sometimes I get stuck on on these thoughts and it's hard to to get out and and do something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that, Jared, that just yeah. repetition. Repetition is your friend. Anybody listening at home, yeah. wondering how we're, how we're how we're doing this? It's just repetition, and you're you're gonna mess it up, but it's okay. You can yeah. always try. Yeah, it's almost like you want to make this almost a habit. Mm-hmm. The repetition too, like becomes natural. And the day we weren't able to work on the thing you do, like we start feeling like bad or something is missing. It's like exercise. Like I avoided exercise my whole life, and now I'm doing it. And and sometimes I'm not doing it. I feel oh, I I need to do something. Like you start to feel uh, the pains of not doing it. I guess. And in the art is the same thing. There is this great uh, passage. Uh, by uh, like an art influencer I follow on Instagram, which says that mo- most of the art is suffering comes from avoiding the art. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and and that makes a lot yeah. of sense to me because when I get back, like, I, was, I wasn't writing and I went to Jane Cohn and I, 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 I like to say that gave me like a, a creative recharge. And then I came back and I've been working. I'm feeling like so much better and not only about my art, but along in my life, I'm, I feel uh, re-energized. I feel like I've because in the beginning of the year, I even said uh, once because of the the crisis we're having here, like anxiety, that I thought I would never make a game again, and and, and being able to sit down and, and make something again, it's oh, it's a relief, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and makes absolutely. you feel oh, it, that that this can happen. Yeah. Jared, uh, talking mm-hmm. about art and artists. Uh, do you have any any specific creator or artist? It can be from RPGs, it can be from music, it can be from from painting or anything that really inspires you and and helps you in some way uh, work on your art. Mm-hmm. I have a lot. I have a lot of uh, a lot of folks I look up to. Um, editorially, there is um, well, there are two women, uh, three uh who worked in comic book editing um in in the 1980s and 1990s and even the 70s um louise simonson Anne nascenti and karen berger um they're three uh karen spearheaded 
corralled um, the vertigo line where we got, you know, Sandman, uh, where they slotted Swamp Thing and a lot of the stuff to, you know, adultish comics that weren't quite underground comics or weren't indie comics, you know, DC Vertigo, right? Um, and then yeah. uh, Louise and Anne both uh, worked on um, and both have have written and and you know designed, but they're primarily known as editors in their field um, on many 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 uh, classic titles. And they both worked. Um, they corralled Chris Claremont on his you know decades long run on X Men, and they were kind of they were the the behind the scenes folks behind um uh x-men and, and new mutants and x-factor and x-force and all of that stuff in the in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s um and they're both you know they, they still work in comics that, and karen doesn't anymore um but those those three women um just reading interviews with them and listening to interviews with them and the way that they deal with creatives i mean they had they had you know impediments because they were women in a predominantly male dominated field but also then a lot of the writers and artists and folks that they work with had massive egos or you know not claremont probably one of the nicer writers from what from my understanding but like that dude like held the x-men in his head for years and 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 Anne and louise uh wheezy they just they got all that good stuff out of there those were for me those were very formative comics uh reading all that stuff um so yeah those those three women are like rock stars in my book uh, i actually <clears throat> have uh pictures of them on the wall over here <laughs> so this year wow. um and then managerial uh from a from a, a human standpoint because there's a lot of and you know this there's a lot of ego management and just in and person management that that we do when you're coordinating a small team when you're coordinating a large team whether it's for something as small as a pamphlet or a zine or you know a couple hundred page book all the way you know a 400 page book um is i get to i get to talk about my liverpool again uh is jürgen klopp uh is the liverpool manager um and has been for about eight years now and uh just that guy's that guy's is his overall demeanor and his aspect of the way he deals with players and other managers and referees and the press and just anything and everything um it's just kind of this like you have to do the work, you know, like sort of situation is like it, it, in the same thing we were talking about earlier. Like if you don't get up and actually go at this stuff every day, then you're going to be saying the same thing in a year. You know, you're not going to be able to complete a thing. Um, and so, yeah, um, between him and one of my old bosses at uh, Culligan uh, years, years ago, I worked for a water treatment company and uh chad stretz and i highly doubt chad will ever listen to this but every once in a while i randomly text chad when i have a chad moment you know uh and because uh can i cuss on the show it's okay yeah of course oh okay yeah. i just i, I just oh, <laughs> okay okay but i just haven't yet it's just one of those uh see i'm trying to get better yeah. about that um but uh one day i was on an out call and <clears throat> i had finished my route 
and I was on my way back in and I got called uh, to go help out a fellow tech uh, on another job that he didn't want to do. And it was the, it was a Friday. It was just exhausting. And I didn't want to have to deal with any of this shit. And I just, I, you know, I answered the phone and I start whining and I'm just like, you know, and I was a 30, well, 40 something year old adult at that time, you know, I'm almost 50 now, but, um, and he just over the phone without raising his voice, he says, Jarrett, I need you to shut up and do the fucking work. And I was like, okay, I'll let you know when I'm on the way back. And I hung up the phone and I went and I did the job. And and it's it's one of those, it just stuck with me, you know, like get up and do the fucking work. Like you have to, it's, it's hard. It's damn near impossible. You know, I have stuff, you know, ADHD. I've got a few other things, uh, stuff, won't bore the listeners with that. Um, and I have like physical ailments, you know, like the steel rods in my spine and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, I deal with a <clears throat> chronic pain all day, every day, and you just have to, you just have to, there are folks who out there, I mean, obviously in the world with shit that's going a lot more wrong for them than it is for me right now, and I have to kind of remind myself that there isn't really it's not even an excuse, you know, they, like that's not a bad, that's a bad way to say it, but I'm only responsible to myself if I don't get up and do stuff, you know? Um, That's true. Yeah. It's it's hard, but um, yeah, if you just reinforce, I mean, cause I'll have stretches where I'll go weeks sometimes without being able to do anything in my mind without being able to do anything good and blah, blah, blah. And then people will be like, yeah, but you did this, 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 and this, and this. And I was like, okay, yeah, but it doesn't feel like enough, you know? yeah yeah um and then i guess another our our minds our mind fucks us up like all the time like i always like to Mm -hmm. to say this because like theoretically our mind can produce everything we need to be happy like the the hormones or everything but she she forces us like to go through through pain and 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 to go through efforts and then oh you want to feel happy go run like six rounds around this this stadium or something like you have yeah. to i don't know you have to go through obstacles to reach the the good stuff right and then and, that, and that's not only for like everything i think like the work like want to do good work you have to make effort you have to go through pain like uh there is this graphic about the life of a project that you start to have a idea of a project and it's all the way down you feel like oh this is crap this is going terrible but i have to finish mm-hmm. and then you finish and it's not as good as you thought it would be, but you finish it something you learned and you can do better next time, you know? I think that's that's the stuff, right? Yeah. And, and another, like, a little small tangent uh, is accountability to oneself isn't... You are really only, at the end of the day, accountable to yourself if you don't yeah. get up and do the work. But one of the little ways that we can, that I found that we can work out and get accountable more stuff uh, is um, uh, having like group meetings and having, you know, team meetings and stuff like this. So every Monday afternoon at uh, 1700 local, my time, uh, we have what's called homework help and everyone gets together and on my work server. And then we talk about 
this is what we did in the past week in RPG land, you know what I'm saying? And we, everyone just, it's a stand-up. It, you know, everyone gets like five to seven minutes and they kind of just run down. Here's what I, you know, here's what I did. Here's what I did. Here's what I did. You know, I got this edited. I wrote this. I was sort of, you know, working on this painting and this, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I have found that <clears throat> I do actually do more than I think I do. I just am so used to, you know, stuff like administration or stuff like a smaller zine edit or something like that. Like my brain just doesn't, it doesn't get that endorphin kick off of editing 2000 words or 5,000 yeah. words, um, but it still remembers it. And so when you kind of like total up all of the stuff that you've done in a week, you're like, oh, that's okay. And yeah. sharing that with other people is I've, I've found is, is really helpful too. I mean, we're humanity for the most part is a fairly collaborative species. I, I feel like, you know, um, no, we try to disprove that, but <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I yeah, think I, I, uh, sharing is sharing is a, yeah. that we're actually doing stuff helps out reinforcing. So. Yeah, I think in, intrinsically we are very collective. Uh, I've been reading about prehistory and civilizations of the past, like before mm -hmm. money, before like accumulation of property, and we're more a lot more collaborative than than most of civilized societies that we yeah. have today. And 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 yeah, in art, especially art, art is always collaborative. I mean, even if you do everything by yourself, like if I do all my book, I, I illustrate or write and I do the design, everything that I do is influenced by stuff that other artists have done. So mm -hmm. it's always this this exchange. And and one thing that you said about the team meetings, there is things that independent authors like myself or others could do is find peers, find another one or two other mm -hmm similar artists like this that work alone and try to schedule like bi-weekly or weekly meetings that do exactly what you said. Like let's sit down, everybody has 10 minutes, says what you're working on, what what have has been working, what hasn't been working, what you could need help with or having problems, and then exchange this and 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 will help you see what you're doing. Like you see progress and maybe each other can help out. I think that's a great idea. I have uh it's maybe Probably something I would like to try someday, and I'll probably yeah. seek out some people after this. But uh, it's very good. And another thing that I do to try to remember I'm working on stuff is what I do on, on my social media, like on Instagram. Uh, use the show your work. Like every time, like I, I've laid out two pages, I will like take pictures or something and post on socials to say, "Oh, I'm I'm working on this," and I can remember mm -hmm. what I, I have been doing. Because as I said in the beginning, I had I went through a burnout because after uh, Miraculous, I won that Annie's for Best Adventure. A lot of opportunities showed up and I, I, I didn't know how to say no. So I took a lot of freelance mm -hmm. jobs and stuff. And, and for mm -hmm. a while, I, I was only working for, for other people, like freelance stuff. And my own yeah. projects, which is, are basically like work of love, were like neglected. So I was working for six, eight months working a lot but i i wasn't internalizing my progress you know as you said i've been doing all this but my projects are are are, are stuck like promo quest wasn't coming up wasn't developing anything so i felt like i was working a lot and nothing was coming out so i uh these techniques to keep reminding yourself might be important to 
for this kind of situations, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um the the don't you know, I'm gonna spin off on the the don't say the not saying no thing. Like that's that's a really hard one. Uh and that yeah. that rolls in with, with that burnout because yeah, you 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 complete a large project and it gets <clears throat> recognition or you just feel good and you know you've got some free time and then all of a sudden everyone wants you to do stuff and you're just like oh i like money you know or yeah i really like this project and it's really cool and you start yeah, doing yeah. i want to work with others yeah mm -hmm. i wanted to work and with then, other people because right. i always felt like an outsider from brazil and all of these people working together and now i mm -hmm. had the opportunity to work with all these people mm -hmm. i admire you know but I, i i should have oh i i can now because i have all this other stuff you know Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a, it's a balance. Like that's the really hard part is finding that. Um, I've these days I've been doing a, um, I've stopped saying I'll get you that tomorrow. Uh, because that's the worst. Cause I know. And the other person at this point usually knows <laughs> unless, you know, if it's something like, yeah. Oh yeah. I need a barcode, you know, for this print run or, or this book or whatever. And and it that literally takes like three minutes, you know. I go into Bowker, I put the put the information in, and and I print the bark or digital download the barcode, send it to them, or post it on, you know, project management software yeah. so they can find it. Right, really really simple. But my brain works in batches, and so I'll get like I've got it literally. I've got a list right here that says barcodes. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven barcodes I need. That'll take me 15 minutes tops just because I have to put in, you know, creators' names and all that stuff, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Then print them out or, you know, digital them out. But instead of just doing these, luckily these are all for one person, one collaborator. Um, but instead of just doing them when they come in, I do the whole, I'll get you that tomorrow. Well, I've stopped saying I'm to get you that tomorrow. I, I say, cool, I'll get you that by the end of the week. And then I kind of stretch that out and having a list of when these things are needed because stuff like barcodes it's not they're they're not groundbreaking it's not you need to have them before you send the final print files to the printer yeah but my brain just like does that procrastination thing and it just kind of piles them all up and so one of the one of the things of of you know of, of trying to helping myself avoid burnout is compartmentalizing when i can and can't do stuff stop saying i'll get that for you tomorrow and and that expands then to stop agreeing to future jobs so right today is the 24th of october um my current next window for beginning new editorial projects is the second week of december because i have a bunch of stuff that i'm working on now i've got a work retreat in the middle of november and then i've got to get back and we got to prep to go to pax and we're going to do pax the first week of december and then you factor in a week just in case because i'm flying into the cold north you know into philly in december and there's and covid wow. is still rocking the world and so who knows how i'm going to do and so you know and i tell folks i was like the next window for me to start a project with you that i could do it is second week of december and a couple of people were like oh that seems like a long time out and i'm like yeah i'm sorry like i have got all these other things and i've promised these things to other folks and yeah because then you've 
you know, you end up juggling everybody else's schedule to satisfy yeah. their needs because you want to please people. And then you realize exactly like you said, you haven't done anything on your own thing. With me, it's with 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 Kill the Wizard, it's like, you know, the cover's done. Doug's the cover's painted, like Doug sent it to me, and it's great, and he's got the heads in. So now I need, you know, the final map and I need to test it out and take him with me to PAX to, to test to do one more round of blind tests to make sure it mechanically is sound. And then I have to kick that thing into high gear next year and then just wait on the couple of other artists to finish stuff. But <clears throat> I could easily let that slide till next fall or until 2025. And I have to stop doing that. You know, like I, I, I want to make myself yeah. happy. I want to, I want to see my fancy board game, you know, same with you in the books. It's like, it's, it's great when you're writing for this person or writing for that person, these projects and stuff like that, but your baby is primal quest and you want to get it out there. You know? Yeah, yeah. Want to make more stuff for it because yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to say no. Like I had to say no to a publisher. I wanted to work for a long time, and 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 it's hard. And like, mm -hmm. how do you say no? You have you have to say no and say sorry, and then you know. Yeah. And I always with that question, this opportunity will never knock on my my door again. You know. And that's and that's I think that's our brains telling us that if we don't yeah. grasp it now, we won't because it, they they will. You know what I'm saying? I think anyone yeah. who is you know to use a colloquialism, anyone in business who has their shit together is going to understand time and deadlines. You know, the one yeah. thing that they could do if they really want you to work on their thing is they can pay the they can pay the rush tax the rush fee the asshole tax whatever it is like i need this yeah, now yeah. you know you can double the i because i will i'll tell you truthfully like i will clear out a day on the the weekend or just at another time if someone wants to pay me double my rate to do that oh, yeah. for them like i absolutely will and i will be able to focus and give it my all and it won't be rushed you know and do my best yeah. to not um absolutely but, you know it's one of those it's okay if you miss one you know like yeah i think yeah. the only person who i would never who i would definitely drop would be prospero hall it's a board game design company they did the goonies never say die game they did the jaws game for from a few years back that I love. Nice. Um, if Prospero Hall came knocking and said, hey, we're, we've seen what you do with board games and editorial and your, your book looks really good. We have a position we would love. I would definitely talk to them about that, you know, and probably consider either freelancing or yeah, doing yeah. something. Like, if you're listening, Prospero Hall, I want to work for you. Um, <laughs> but I, I mean, I've said that for a few years because I that's what I do. But, you know, like, even even good friends that you know like you and doug and luke and you know the gang and ef and 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 other and other folks like i don't want to overload myself and burn myself out yeah. by taking on something even if it seems cool and it's really hard it's really hard to resist uh stuff like that but it's also a smarter play for everybody if people who like like you and i yeah. who do a lot of stuff who who have a lot of the skills in a lot of the different areas don't get burnt out because then we can facilitate a lot more yeah yeah and, and so if you're arrested our work will be much better i mean there is always this phrase that uh, if it's not uh hell yes then it's a no you know if you're yeah. not really certain that it's obviously a yes then it's probably 
probably a no because you will always find something, an excuse, something that's wrong and something you have to do first. And yeah. Hello, weirdos. This is Diogo Nogueira and I'm back with a word from our sponsors. Me. I just released a new game called Cosmosaurus in which you play a dinosaur space ranger who protects the galaxy from evil threats such as slime bankers, undead pirates and cosmosaurus from a void dimension. It's a game with a runes light system inspired by Forge in the Dark and Lasers and Feelings. Uh, it comes with a bunch of tables for you to generate content for it. If you know my games, they're really easy to play and they have tools to help you improvise and play with low prep. It's an ideal game for one-shot, short campaigns and introducing new people to the hobby and it's a really perfect family game. I play with my kids all the time. It's a game inspired by Saturday morning cartoons. It's really well illustrated uh, by Lukas Kowalski from Poland and with a great layout by Guilherme Gontijo. It's a really fun game. You should check it out on DriveThruRPG, itch.io or exclusively in print on ExaltedFurner.com. I have many other games there, check them out. All the links are in the show notes, so click there. And let's get back to Weird with our chat. Jared, uh, talking about all these games you've seen and, and, and edited and mm -hmm. played, what, what did you say was the weirdest one you, or the one that you played recently that was really weird and, and caught your attention and made you think about uh, gaming or fantasy or things like this? And I easily say Hive Life 1979 by David Black. Um, it's still unreleased. Uh, David, if you're listening... Hit me up. We'll resurrect that thing at some point. Um, <clears throat> High Life Is the David Black the same the one Black from, from Black mm -hmm. Hack? Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so uh, High Life 1979 is, uh, takes place in Slough, which is a uh, economically distressed area uh, in England. And it's kind of like mods meets rockers, you know, like the Who's Tommy and stuff like that. Um, where um things just kind of get weird and metaphysical and very glitzy like you know like i believe if i remember correctly it's been it's been a while uh but the conceit was that there was some sort of apocalypse and so um that turn of the 1970s into the 1980s britain it kind of stayed locked in there in that that thatcherite area um and the weirdest thing about that game was there was one of the major NPCs that we did a job for in the, in, in the uh, intro adventure uh, was slowly being turned into concrete. Like he had some sort of like virus or something. And I just thought that was just one of the most batshit off the wall things that I, I've ever seen in, uh, in, in games. It was just... It's just really, really, really good. It's just, it was, you know, it was a riff on a slow petrification spell, but it it just, it really, really, really was fun. And then, of course, um, you know, to mention Sean Richard again, uh, all of the crapland stuff, that's weird. Um, the Cave Full of Spiders, uh, which was uh, myself, uh, Anxiety Wizard, uh, and Lexapro Luther, which was a little weird set of, like, nonsense, da-da, uh, art game zines um other weird stuff country crawl classics flammable hospital that sort of stuff um yeah just a, just a lot of um 
just a lot of mm-hmm. stuff like it borders on some of it borders on like you know juvenile ish jokes and things like that but i think that just like i said just just that level of letting our freak flag fly and just kind of doing whatever we wanted to do and just and just really getting obscure and out there it's like i said earlier you know when you turn the corner in a dungeon and you see something new it's like being able to recreate that uh and i've been able to do that several times with different projects i've worked on yeah i mean as you're saying it sounds more like about being authentic in a, a real artistic view of the of the outer uh, lends to more weirdness do you would you say authenticity in, in our world is something weird what was that authenticity like being uh mm-hmm. authentic or like honest because oh, yeah. i think all of this this these things are saying are all really uh these authors these creators are being authentic with about their passions mm-hmm. their influence yes it's silly because they they are weird but they are, we are all very silly too we're all making fun of, of small oh, details yeah. in the game so oh yeah absolutely yeah i i think um i think when 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 people are are real and and they're not putting the 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 facade on you know not putting on the hi it's me and this is you know like if if people are really that way then awesome you know if if people yeah. go through the life constantly performing then, then that's great but some of us just are like, like obtuse you know like um i don't even remember it was wasn't thinking of it or somebody was saying something about quirky as a personality trait and usually the people who label themselves with quirky as a personality trait are the furthest thing from quirky um it, but it's <laughs> like when you it's when somebody else points out that you're quirky or weird then that's when you probably really are and stuff like that yeah so yeah yeah it's it's hard to be weird for yourself like you realize you're weird and then different as as you see other people like uh yeah as yes the identity kind of depends on this comparison and and one thing i like to say is like i think everybody has weirdness inside them uh but we're most of us are beaten down to complacency to to fit in we have this mm-hmm. tribe mentality that you have to you know and for a long time being weird being different was really bad so uh yeah. we always had bad feedback we have bunnies uh our parents want us to to fit in and but nowadays has always this focus on being yourself and everybody's different and and i think everybody's weird and in some way that's what's make everybody like the same and nor it's mm-hmm. normal being weird because everybody is somehow and 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 i think now it's time for us to celebrate more the weirdness and being different and then being wonderful for this and accepting how everyone has has this stuff and then and that's something uh that i lean in on the podcast and, and try to to get all this these people this fantastic creative people here and talk about the weird stuff they make and then the weird habits and then and, and how and every time uh, someone comes here and talks all, all about their lives and then of course they're very different from myself but there's always one thing uh we always relate to each other and and i think that's that's what we 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 can focus on and see uh this human part as you said that teaches how to connect to, with everybody you know yeah absolutely yeah. uh jared now getting a little bit more uh personal 
Can you tell us uh, any weird experience you, you had recently, be anything that you saw? I, I, I In the beginning, you talked about ghosts and stuff, and mm -hmm. we, we will get back to it, but it was more interesting, uh, any recent activities in relation to uh, states of altered awareness or like meditation. Uh, you, you mentioned dreams and nightmares, anything mm -hmm. you, you can relate to us and tell how, how that affects you. Yeah. So um, I will go on, like I will do like binge watch uh, horror films uh, just at, you know, not just in October, um, but I will um, just fill my brain Uh, full of, of uh, really schlocky, bad horror stuff. And there's a, a series of films called Hell House LLC. It's about these people taking this uh, abandoned uh, building and turning it into like a haunt, like a scare, you know, like a, 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 a theme haunt. Um, and uh, I swear after watching all three of those movies back to back to back, um that uh, those i freaked myself out real good in that there's a there's some uh, spoiler warning there's some clowns in there everybody and uh that those clowns were like in the house uh and it was yeah it was pretty awesome like uh, i probably shouldn't have watched all of those movies that late at night so did you see anything how how did you feel there there were like in the house did you hear any noise did you saw shadows um yeah so um <clears throat> you the the two states of, of sleep hypnagogic and hypnopompic like when you're going in and, and coming out of oh, yeah. sleep um that's like where a lot of uh that's yeah. just where a, a lot of weird uh things and, and night hairs come from and yeah so i was i was definitely uh I was, they were definitely like see i'm creeping myself out right now and I'm, this is why i always wear the headphones just the one headphone on the left side and, and so the you can hear the back because the the door is over here like this window here faces the street but this is and i've done it this way for years but like and, and every spot that i had set up as an office in the in the old years ago it was it was this way but um yeah and so yeah i can just uh i'm i'm weirding myself out right now i'm, I'm good at that and i like that i like that tiny bit of the of fear that i can instill in myself you know <laughs> uh yeah talking about ghosts as you said you you lived with your grandparents and your grandparents house was haunted did you ever actually saw something or because you said about things that were out of the closets and, and you would find mm -hmm. stuff, but you, did you ever saw something happening like in front of you, something weird? Yeah. Um, so with that, um, <clears throat> there, uh, so everybody knows what a marionette is, right? Puppet. Um, yeah. and, um, there, um, two different instances. One, um, There was this uh, ventriloquist dummy called Charlie McCarthy, uh, uh, and um, yeah, don't look it up, everybody. You'll freak yourself out. And then there was another one named Howdy Doody, and uh, a couple of times the hallway, the linen closet, like I need to draw the map of of the upper floor of my grandparents' house so I can show people. And again, we were we were small. I was five my next youngest brother was a little over three and then the other the josh was the baby you know um so um it, it 
anyway, it would blow out the door to the linen closet, like it would open. And it was like this marionette writing on, I know you're, you're like, what? Uh, and it um, was riding on like a, a, a hobby horse, like a stick horse, right? With like the, the vinyl head yeah. filled with on, on a, on a broomstick. And it would fly through the air and it would come and hover above us because we would camp out in the front room and watch TV. After the grandparents went to sleep, they'd let us leave the TV on and it would hover above us. And then its head would light up like on fire and scream at us. And then it would fly over the couch and disappear like. Um, and then another time we were in the basement, wow. I was in the basement of that house. Um, I have uh, my mother was the sixth of eight kids and her um three older brothers all served uh in the united states military uh and in vietnam and so we were very we grew up in a military household right and um so my mother's youngest sibling chris um he was seven years older than he's the cool guy that taught me how to play D D back in the in, in, in 1983 it was great um and um but he always did miniatures and models and paintings of, of scenes and stuff like that of you know like jeeps and soldiers and stuff like that and there were a couple of times being downstairs in his room where those things would animate and talk to me and stuff like that <laughs> i know uh, i know yeah wow weird. dude yeah did anybody ever told you why your your grandparents house was haunted did it has any no, story behind never, it um so it, it it was they they sold it they're both deceased and it, it's moved on like it, it's been sold i don't even know i looked it up uh, on google maps to see if the house was actually still there i think someone's like possibly even rebuilt on there um i do i, I, keep, I always tell myself i want to like fly up there and rent a car and like drive through that neighborhood and see if the house is there and then just go up like and just be like, hi, I grew up here a little bit when I was a kid. Have you ever had any weird stuff? At because I, yeah, because if they're like, yeah, then yeah. I'm like, okay, it's fucking real. Um, yeah, but no, um, no one ever really said uh, that anything had happened. You know, like I don't know, like my brothers again, my my two younger brothers both though do remember different times of haunting, and then they remember that the one back room, the cold room, was very very cold it was colder than anywhere else in the house now that's a lot of that probably had to do with the fact that you know when you shut the door that was right above directly above the hvac unit like where that vent was it was probably always going to be colder but there were like weird things like the gloaming in that room was very yeah. odd and like dust particles would start moving slower and the slants of sunlight you know stuff like that like yeah like stranger of, things yeah 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 like <laughs> stuff like that they and then people are like oh you're making that up and i'm like no 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 i'm really not really not wow so. yeah but did you ever went there and ask those people who, who live there afterwards if they saw anything no I, they said? I, i need to oh, okay. i should probably do yeah that, wow so. Yeah, that that. Tell me when when if you do that, please tell me if they. We'll do. We'll do. We'll, yeah, do. we'll do. We'll do a recap. Uh, I'll uh, yeah. see if I can record. It. <laughs> yeah. What about aliens? Do Do you believe in aliens? Have you ever seen a UFO? Sure. Yeah. Or um. Anything I, like that? 
haven't myself um unless we were under the influence of lsd and then you know we convinced ourselves we were um but uh yeah you know uh the, no, we'll the, talk the about 90s. this in a few yeah right um <clears throat> but yeah no not really um I, I mean, I, I do, I mean, like, I'm, I'm a Fox Mulder. I want to believe, I, I want that stuff to be real. I don't want us to be the only sentient species in the cosmos. That would be a bummer because uh, yeah. humanity's kind of crap, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's kind of good sometimes. I but mean, it's kinda, it's, it's we have our crap. moments, yeah. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've always been fascinated with UFOs. Do, do you look for this kind of stuff? I mean, there is a new series on Netflix about people in all the cities that that a lot of people saw the same thing, like 300, 500 people uh, in some places saw the same thing. So that's something I'm always interested in. And, and there's all this conspiracy about documents from, mm -hmm. from the American government. They saw anything. Do you look into this kind of stuff? Or, or or no yeah oh yeah oh that's that's a lot of that that big book the cycle of the snake wolf three like deals with like oh, cover-ups yeah. and things like that um on in this mega dungeon underneath yeah i don't want to give too oh, much away because it's gonna nice. be a really good one but yeah, yeah. um <clears throat> sean goes hard on his research into a lot of that stuff you know great and so he's always sharing me snippets and stuff and yeah like when i was a kid the Time Life Mysteries of the Unknown book series, those, those black books with the insect covers. Um, we had all those. Well, we didn't have all of them. We had a lot of them. Um, and yeah, just growing up, like, I mean, I'm a big, big, big fan of the X-Files TV show. Um, yeah. Big fan of, you know, Whitley's Driver's stuff, you know, when I was a kid and whatever. Um, yeah, I've always been fascinated by by all of that stuff um i think it's like most of the comic books and media that i enjoy deal with that kind of with not necessarily just yeah, aliens yeah. but with weird metaphysical stuff oh, in some aliens. way shape yeah, or form yeah. uh-huh absolutely yeah well you mentioned it i was, I was gonna ask if you ever experimented mm -hmm. with anything that altered uh, your states of awareness and perception mm -hmm. like psychedelics or meditation, hypnosis, yeah. and if you did, uh, what's what was your experience? Uh, did did change anything how you see your life or reality or anything like this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah the, in the I mean in the nineties we did a we did a lot of uh, a lot of LSD because it was experiencing a resurgence uh, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I, they therapeutically um, microdose uh, psilocybin here and there and stuff like that. Like I, I try to keep it on a fairly steady, steady, keen. Um, uh, I'm glad this is like not for a job interview anymore. Uh, <laughs> I'm glad like I know what work I do. Not that anybody really cares, but um, and um, yeah, no one I, listens I mean, to I, this anyway. So they, yeah. we don't. Well, we don't know yet. Um, but. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, and I have medical marijuana card and so I, you know, I, just, I enjoy the, enjoy the positive effects of that, um, daily. Um, but so yeah. And then meditation, um, you know, one of the other things that goes on in my brain, a uh, borderline personality disorder, um, uh, we 
part of our coping mechanisms with that is um <clears throat> is breathing exercises and meditation and things like that um I'm not the best with it. Uh, it's one of those things I need to do the fucking work, you know. <clears throat> I need yeah, to have I mean, but even trying regimented. I mean, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um so yeah, um it's it's yeah, mind altering substances and and situations, you know, including drugs and alcohol and and meditation. Um yes, I have done uh, I've done my fair share and then some of a lot of those stuff. Um, I think my favorite, honestly, was, was the, as far as like the ones that just give you the, the new insight into stuff are definitely the hallucinogens, the LSD and the psilocybin. Um, those, yeah. if you take, I mean, obviously the experience is, is wonderful and, and joyous and we've had a few bad ones, but not awful, but, um, it's it's the clean sort of refreshed feeling it, it, you know like with with psilocybin it feels like someone's taken a, a scouring pad and kind of scrubbed the irritating parts of my brain off you know the parts that made me not want to do stuff the parts that bump me out you know um and um yeah it's uh it's a it's a super enjoyable time you know and obviously you know FCC disclosure we're not encouraging it but um whatever <laughs> yeah i mean i i think it's there's a lot of studies now therapeutic i've i've started experimenting with psilocybin because of mm -hmm. anxiety i started with mm -hmm. microdosing and but yeah i've i've taken like heroic doses and <clears throat> I never did anything like this when I was a teenager. So yeah, I took LSD like recently. I started marijuana too because of anxiety. I have like uh, medicinal yeah. stuff too. Uh, but uh, it really helped me appreciate, you know, I, I don't know. I think it, at least for me, it helped me appreciate small things in life a little bit more. Like when, I, when I'm on, on mushrooms, for example, like if, just the, the sunlight is feels it feels kind and warm, but it's in a good way, not overwhelmingly hot that it usually feels here in Rio de Janeiro mm -hmm. because it's 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 a hellhole. And but yeah. I don't know, it it makes me appreciate things that I I wasn't I normally wouldn't be because you're always thinking all all these problems. Uh, I I have to do this for the work. I have to clean the house. I have to do all this stuff. Yeah. And I don't know, psychedelics helps you. Psychedelics and marijuana, all these drugs that relax you, uh, lets you appreciate the present moment a little bit more. And I don't know. Um, I'm very uh, with this thought that some this, these drugs have this bad image because these are drugs that makes you think more and stop working. Because yeah. if you see like coffee, coffee, it's a psychedelic drug, uh, but it makes you work, makes you active. So that's acceptable. If it helps people make money for someone else, it's all good. But it, if it's mm -hmm. something that will make you think and relax and appreciate life and, you know, question stuff. And, oh, no, that's bad. You're, you're questioning stuff. So, yeah. uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, saying people should try it, but people can research and, and, and find safe places to treatment and to... Uh, help connect with yourselves and, and these are, are, are like tools 
And there's a lot of studies that compares the use of psychedelics with deep meditation. And I do that too. And it helps. And sometimes I, f I feel similar effects. And I, I, I mean, I'm bad as you, but I always try. There is a phrase that I love that says, uh, everything that's worth being done well, uh, it's worth being done poorly. So I'm, I, I can oh, do absolutely. those one hour medit deep meditations. But if I can squeeze 10, 15 minutes one day, it's it's great. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not out there, but every little bit helps, you know. So uh, <laughs> that's what I Absolutely. think. And then if you're gonna, if you're gonna try anything like psychedelics or anything, research it. Do safely. Uh, there's a lot of uh, material there for you to research and to make sure you don't do anything bad for yourself. But uh, I think it can be, it can be a healing process, especially because it has medicinal use like you have a medicinal card for marijuana uh we don't have a medicinal card for i don't know cigarettes or or beer you know mm -hmm. and, and right. people yeah. still see this very badly i i don't know why uh but yeah i mean i had very good experience i i i reflected about my childhood i i have this i don't know connection with my son and i saw uh i see myself a lot of him and the the sometimes the psychedelics helped me get out of this funk of being my parents, you know, because I was raised this way and, 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 sure. and with, Absolutely. I don't know, it's hard to explain, but I, I think it's, it, it can help uh, if you do it responsibly and not like, it's not for you to like take every weekend or anything like this, of course, you know, because it's very reflexive and, and it, it's, it's taxing too. It's sometimes tiresome and it's for me. Yep. Same. Garrett. Uh, what about uh, religion and spirituality? Do you do you have any connection with that? Do you believe in anything or or even philosophy? Do you have any kind of philosophy that helps you, guide you through life? Um, no, not really. Um, I was raised in the Catholic Church and switched over to the Southern Baptist Church here in the United States. So folks who know, like that's like a one-two punch of what the hell um and then so yeah kind of i mean like it it exists and i guess it works for folks but uh, um not really active uh since i was like 16 uh you know as a as a doom and gloomer uh i'm i'm all about the i'm all about the nihilism and stuff um and anti-natalism but it it it's more of i don't know if uh, i have the the compartmentalization in my brain with those with that sort of stuff these days um if for me like the i guess if i had a god the god is work the work you know of of making <laughs> of making games and doing stuff like that it, it really is like it's the thing that i well, that god i is art. Up and, and do it right um yeah and then you know yeah no it it, it really is that's yeah. uh yeah and that's kind of where i'm uh, yeah i'm uh, i'm kind of uh, not not really boring in that sense but it um would i would i say i'm spiritual i mean yeah i guess um i have dance parties here in my office like every day where i'll just put on some sort you know like i said like i'll just put on music and i just will literally right. dance and i mean i don't care if it's like in a video call with someone or not and stuff like that but i mean i'll just be like hey sorry dance party and you know whatever um so yeah i do feel a, a spiritual inclination when i listen to certain music and stuff like that but as far as um yeah the usual 
Oh, I need more coffee. It's that time. Um, uh, organized religion. Yep, I'm. Uh, I'm an empty book on those. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I mean, do you have any any kind of uh, do you follow any kind of morals? Anything that helps you? Uh, well, I, I do good because I learned it from from the church, or you know, I I help yeah. others, or. Um, one thing that I do say to, 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 I guess I have two tenets of maxims that I stick with is one, uh, I picked up from Doug is, uh, practice loving kindness. You know, everyone is going through this existence, this journey in their own way, uh, at, at wherever they're at yeah. on the process. And we can, you know, it, it, it's all, it's, it's, it, it's a, it's a it's a road that we're on and getting upset and frustrated you know i'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an angry person and getting upset and frustrated is really easy to do but if you remember that <clears throat> um if you remember that you know everybody is coming to whatever this is even even you and i having this conversation right now we're coming at this from different angles it's yeah. you know there really isn't any reason to be disappointed or upset with another person for our perceived lack our our perception of their lack of comprehension i guess so yeah practice loving kindness yeah. i guess you know which i you know does go back to the do on do unto others i guess in a way and then um the other thing is um we we don't know how long we have uh, on this planet any of us you know not, not just the species collectively or, or just the planet itself but any of us you know um i've had folks that you know like that passed on just at random times like you know for any number of reasons and one of the things that I don't want to do is I don't want to whatever whatever it is I go, you know, I don't want to leave some sort of work undone or some sort of like high five or, or hug, you know what I'm saying? Never never go to bed angry. Always always tell your partner you love them, that sort of stuff. And so mm. that's it's kind of I kind of just do that all day, every day, like just try and I'm I always try to at least answer a question you know if I'm if I'm not replying to someone uh it's not because I'm upset it's just because I'm buried underneath everything else you know so that and that kind of ties into the practice loving kindness as well yeah yeah the connect business right to being kind and and, and showing appreciation from from other people and it's something about what I'm I'm, I'm trying to do here I'm, inviting all these people that admire and mm -hmm. say how i appreciate your work and what you've done and then it's one of the reasons i'm here and try to to connect with other creators i it's 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 very important like we don't know how much time we have like live in the present and one of the first things you 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 talked about in the beginning uh you forget about the stuff you did uh because you're trying to focus on stuff you are making with the people mm -hmm. there are around you of course uh now it's the last two questions uh, i see you are where you need to get a coffee but it's more playful Jared, if you could have any superpower or like special ability uh what would it be in what would be the first thing you would do with that 
Oh man, um, <clears throat> my favorite superhero of all time is Catherine Pride, Kitty Pride of the X Men. She can phase through walls and stuff like that. I would love to be able to phase through the wall so I can go out and check the mail without having to walk all the way around to check. You know what I'm saying? So I could phase through the walls. Yeah. So I could go next door and, and feed the cats and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. And and yeah. What would I? What would I do with it? Yeah. I'd probably phase through the wall and next door and into Debbie's side of the apartments just so I could freak her out just a little bit. So, yeah. If you could choose any weird or fantastical thing from fiction, games, mythology, and make it real in our world, uh, what would it be and why? Uh, Stormbringer, because that is the best sword of all time, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. Uh, I really, 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 um, I had surgery on my spine when I was 17, uh, and, you know, steel rods and stuff put in there and other stuff. Um, and I spent most of yeah, my 16th and 17th year, uh, just falling in love with what is commonly in the parlance known as appendix and but. Uh, you know, again, I had cool uncles that turned me on to games when I was a kid. And then uh, my my other uncle was a massive Blue Oyster Cult fan. And when I was 16, he gave me uh, Elric at the end of time. And he was like, it's out of order. It's the last one. You don't read the other ones first. And I read it and I was just like, whoa. And so, you know, like, who is this guy? So, yeah, uh, I literally, when I was recovering from that surgery, I read every single thing I could find by Michael Moorcock. Uh, I've since forgot it all in the intervening wow. 30 some odd years, uh, a lot of it. But um, Stormbringer, I think, is just, I mean, a demon sword that just screams out for blood and souls, you know, for my Lord Ariak. Like, how can you not? Like, it's just such a great thing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I think we already have like blood sucking things out there. Like, we we're having right. all this trouble and mm -hmm. we're bringing Stormbringer in. Uh, yeah. I mean, we don't know how much time we have, right? So let's just yeah. end this thing now. <laughs> well, and I and I especially like at the end of it. Spoilers if anyone hasn't read the 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 end of of Alric. You know, when the sky opens up and there's all those stormbringers in the sky. You know what I'm saying? And they all wow. like, come down on on Elric and Moonglum. Sorry if I just ruined it for you, <laughs> but uh, I just yeah, I love that sword. Yeah, I imagine. So, uh, Jared. Uh, This is it. I'm so grateful for you being here. Uh, it's been a long time since we talked, and, and I hope to see you again uh, in a convention. And do you have any any message or anything you want to say to weirdos that listen to this or any project uh, want people to, to turn in and check out? before we go um just just keep it up just keep on doing work you know and keep on on making cool stuff and like you said don't be afraid to share that with with other people out there and don't think that you're alone like there it, it it might seem that way that like no one knows no one gets me no one understands me but that's like totally not true i mean just i i know at least 500 people right because <laughs> yeah. i had to work with at least one person on each of those books So there are, there are a ton of other weirdos out there. Um, and yeah, like just, just, just keep it up and, and keep making cool stuff. Yeah. Keep it weird and fight your weirdos and just share the weirdness and the wonderful things you make people. Yeah. See you next time. Absolutely.
Thank you for listening to Weird Games and Weirder People. If you'd like to keep up with the show, please subscribe to be notified when we release new episodes. If you'd like to support us, please leave a review or head on to code-fi.com slash WGNWP. See you next time and remember, Weird is the new Wonderful.